on WAJR AM and FM. This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Talk of the Town, Dave and Sarah. Thank you for letting us be part of your Monday, a much-needed rainy Monday morning. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number. You can also text us, 304-TALK, 304, the text line. Of course, we're on the Twitter machine, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Some open line opportunities coming up second half of the show. Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney will check in. We haven't talked to Brad in a while. A couple yeah. of uh, statewide things to catch up on, including, well, Don Blankenship suing someone again. Uh, there's that, Greyhound Racing, and, well, a bill similar to California's Fair Pay-to-Play Act. Uh, I'm going to be coming to West Virginia when the uh, legislative session opens in 20, I guess it'll be 2020? That's hard to even, that's hard to even say. 2020. 2020. I still think of uh, Barbara Walters. Yeah. That's on Friday night. Do you remember, okay, all right. Let's just sidetrack this whole show right off All the bat. Right, you had to have been a TGIF watcher. Oh, we yeah. We grew up at course. the same time. Of course. You know, Family Matters, what, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, right? I think Full yeah. House was originally in that lineup at one time, wasn't it? Yeah, Maybe absolutely. the original mm-hmm, TGIF. Mm-hmm. I think the dinosaurs, were, were mm-hmm. they were part of TGIF at one time. Anyway, but at the end of the <laughs> night, you had, what, from 8 to 10, those those shows, and we only had four channels growing up. Five on a good day when the wind blew right, we could get uh, right. Channel Five out of Clarksburg. <laughs> but the Did wind you have had to one blow of right. the ro- the rotary. It didn't rotate. It it was okay. stationary on top of the house. Now we were clear up on top of the hill, so we were. I mean, we got mm. great reception up there. We were on top of a hill, but we had a lot of trees around us. Mm. We were above the, the antenna was up above the tree line. Yeah, so we'd constantly you'd have the snowy screen, so then you'd and it would. Clear it all up for you. Remember the old TVs that had the dials on them? There was a station U, and then you had to put it on U, and then you had to change to get to like <laughs> with the really high numbers. And sometimes you could pick up. Anyway, I digress. But yeah. at the end of TGIF, it was they would do the 2020 open, and that's about as far as I ever got because you know it was 10 o'clock, it was bedtime. Uh, but I can still remember Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. <laughs> Hugh Downs was the anchor at the time. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Brad McElhenney going to join us uh, coming up in just a moment. We'll get caught up on those stories. Got to hit a couple of headlines as well. How was the weekend? Good. You were at a parade Friday night. I was. Yeah. Did you represent? <laughs> yeah, uh, except that I was told because it was the homecoming parade, I was told to wear WVU stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people even realized who I was. I'm sure they did. Well, I had my number one accessory with me. Is that Arlen? Arlen. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, walked his way down the parade waving at everybody. Oh, I'm sure he just loved that. He's still waving. It's two days later. <laughs> I'm dead serious. We went to church yesterday, and as soon as he walked in, he walked in. Just waving, waving around? to the crowds, walking nice. down the aisle to get our seat. <laughs> Did he walk the whole way? Did it... Oh, yeah. Man. Walked the whole way. Well, ran the whole way. Because <laughs> he only has one speed. <laughs> yeah. That's 100 mile an hour. Yes. 
<laughs> well done, Arlen. He did great. He did great. And, of course, we were with the uh, dance team, Dave, WAJR, a couple of our sister stations, and then the dance team were all together. Oh, I thought you said – I thought you meant the WAJR dance team. No. Which I was unaware sight. of. Boy, would that be a sight. Who so, would that be? Hoppy, Hoppy, Kyle. Yeah. Maybe McElhenney. Maybe. Maybe some Creedy in there. Some Creedy. Some Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Jenkins. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the WVU dance team, which I, I promise was far better to look at than what we just described. And, uh, yeah, so Arlen also did a little dance, and, and the te- dance team just loved Arlen. Just loved it. Chris Lawrence. Oh, my goodness. What a motley crew. I never realized until this very conversation uh, what a motley crew the WAJR staff is. Oh, could you imagine them? <laughs> you can throw me Clearly in that mix too. Could you imagine me walking down the parade actually doing a little dancing? Oh. oh my goodness. So anyway, it was lovely. <laughs> it was a great way to kick off a fall weekend. It felt like fall. It finally felt like fall because you had homecoming and everybody was kind of bundled a little bit. Not too much, but you know, Arlen had his little vest and his little hat on because it was cold and it felt like fall. It was really lovely. So and it was I'm one of those sorry. community events you know where a ton of people come out and it was great i'm sorry i just can't get the image of those guys and leotards and pom-poms out of my head <laughs> glitter <laughs> oh there are people right now going geez i'm trying to eat breakfast Dave. right, <laughs> right. Uh, all right uh, i mentioned the rain uh we could see a couple of inches depending on where you are uh not going to make a huge dent though uh, the drought state of emergency remains in effect, uh, as well as the statewide burning ban. Uh, authorities in Harrison County looking for an update. I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, we're looking for a missing teen this morning in the Lake Floyd area. Uh, 16-year-old, 6'2", 185-pound male, was last seen wearing black shorts, dark-colored dark hoodie. Harrison State University student body president Tyler Keller was arrested. He's facing charges stemming from an argument and a fight. The 21-year-old accused a man of stealing a cell phone. He choked that man uh, during the kerfuffle. The victim allegedly hit Keller in the head with a wine bottle. Keller's charged with felony strangulation. Governor Justice is going to be in town tonight. He'll be at the uh, Morgantown Marriott at Waterfront Place. Did I get that right? I think that's correct. Yeah, I think so. Uh, for a town hall meeting, roads, education, and the opioid epidemic, all expected to be topics of discussion. And another, we've had... One, two, three, I think four, is this four or five fires in the region? One was reported in Fairmont uh, early yesterday morning. Firefighters from Barrickville were able to extinguish the flames at an apartment complex on Airport Road. Uh, there were people home at the time, although everyone made it out safely. So you had two fatal fires last week in Montegalia County. Uh, there was the fire at, was that, that was last week in Bridgeport, right? That was last yeah. week? Oh, man, the weeks are all running together. I know. Uh, yes, this I one in Fairmont so. as well. So, uh, it, And by the way, today, I believe, is the start of National Fire Prevention Week as well. So mm. check your smoke alarms. Check the batteries. I know you're supposed to change the batteries when the time changes, but that's not for another month. Just check them. Just, Make sure yeah. they're there. Uh, that goes a long way. All right. More of those headlines. Anything else you need to know over at WAJR. Dot com, including a podcast of this fine program as well. All right. You want to talk to McElhenney? Yes. He's, I would love uh, that. I think he just got back from vacation last week. Oh, so he's, oh, he's all rested. Well, now he's Was back in the tailed? groove. We gave him a week to kind of get back in that, you okay. know, get Good. out of the post-voc- uh, post-vocation. 
post-vacation blues. Mm-hmm. He's back in the uh, back in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to him about a couple of things going on statewide. Your calls, texts, and tweets are welcome as well. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. It's 914. It is Dave and Sarah back after this. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere, online at WAJR.com. Joining us now is Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. I don't know if he's fresh off of vacation. He's been back for a week, but he is, uh, I assume, well-rested and relaxed. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Yeah, it took me like all week to, you know, finally get back in the swing. But here I am, watching the rain. (laughs) Hey, you know what? We'll tell you. I'm not going to complain about the rain today, Brad. Not going to complain. Normally, I would complain about the rain. way overdue. Ah, no kidding. Uh, By the way, Sarah, Brad, if you didn't know it, uh, like myself, is a long-suffering Washington Redskins fan. We don't tell too many people about that right now. But our coach was fired. Our coach was fired. Like, we had something to do with it, Brad. But he was fired today. I liked him, though. I did, too. I have trouble believing they're going to improve based on firing him. I agree. (laughs) I'm not sure he's central to the problems. Oh... You know, I lived over there for like three and a half years, and they were having the same conversation then that they're having now. So, not that yeah. anybody here yeah. in uh, you know North Central West Virginia cares about the Redskins, but I'm just saying, had to get that off my chest. <laughs> uh, you know, Brad, there. Uh, you know how Hoppy has steam release on Fridays because nobody cares what you say, and then yeah. he gives you that opportunity. Guess who doesn't care about my Redskins conversations? My dearly <laughs> beloved wife. Because she's a Steeler fan, and you know what? They're not any better off. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, in, in the broad view, everybody relates to football misery. Except <laughs> that for maybe University of Alabama yeah. fans. They might not understand that. but No, they think football misery is winning by three touchdowns. They right. think that's yeah, miserable. Only three. Yeah. Only three. It's just such a shame. Uh, Brad, what's going on? Don Blankenship back in the news. Now he is suing Donald Trump Jr., uh, saying that he sabotaged his Senate campaign. What's this all about? <laughs> Indeed he is. And, you know, it may not be the most important lawsuit out there, um, you know, judging by all of society, but <laughs> the names sure do make it interesting. So this this lawsuit was actually filed a while back, but it appears to be settled in to the federal court system for a good long while now. And a trial date has been set actually for almost precisely a year from now, October 6th, 2020. So we may be hearing about it for a bit. But Blankenship's contention is that his candidacy for U.S. Senate was intentionally whacked uh, under unfair circumstances by Donald Trump Jr. and others. And Boy, if you'll if you'll take a long walk with me down memory lane, Blankenship, of course, first was in the public realm as uh, the chief executive officer of Massey Energy, mm-hmm. and that is the company under which the terrible tragedy occurred, the Upper Big Branch mine explosion that killed 29 miners. Uh, Blankenship was put on trial not directly uh, resulting from the mine explosion, but on on three counts that that had to do with that. And his trial went on and on. That was 2015. He 
the jury had a hard time making up its mind. Eventually, they didn't know they were convicting him on a misdemeanor, but that's what it was. It was a misdemeanor conspiracy charge on evading um, mine safety laws, on, on trying to circumvent them. So it was a misdemeanor that, that resulted in a year in jail for him. And in the public's mind, because the disaster was so bad, because it was a year in jail, uh, some people began to equate what had happened with a felony. Well, it wasn't a felony. It was a misdemeanor. So naturally, the first thing you do when all this has happened to you is announce you're going to run for U.S. Senate. And Blankenship made a stronger go of it than anybody really would have thought. And he was by all appearances, really competitive in this race that also included Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, uh, Congressman Evan Jenkins, and and some others. So the Trump administration began to look at it, and I don't think this is um, – I don't think anybody disputes this, but they'd gone through you know, some pain with the special election in Alabama – uh, where the judge, whose name is escaping me, uh, all the stuff hit about him uh, hitting on underage young ladies uh, mm-hmm. over the years. And um, anyway, the, the Trump administration wound up with a Democrat in that Alabama uh, Senate seat rather than the Republican they would have desired. So they were worried about the same thing happening in West Virginia with Blankenship potentially uh, winning that primary race on the Republican side and then being you know, just easy target against incumbent Joe Manchin, the Democrat. So uh, so both Donald Trump Jr. and then the president came out on, on Twitter uh, essentially against the Blankenship campaign. Donald Trump Jr. more explicitly saying, look, West Virginia, I'm appealing to you, West Virginians. Uh, we want to win this seat. Uh, please don't vote for Don Blankenship. Uh, the president eventually said, you know, he endorsed either Evan Jenkins or Attorney General Morrissey, uh, leaving out Blankenship. But but it went an extra step with Donald Trump Jr. Um, there was a back and forth with some Twitter followers. And uh, in the course of that back and forth, Donald Trump Jr. called uh, Don Blankenship a felon. And so that has resulted in this defamation suit uh, with with Blankenship contending, not only did Donald Trump Jr. and others try to to torpedo his Senate campaign, but but misleading the public on the degree of the charge to do so. Uh, Blankenship actually has a separate lawsuit because uh, you can't just have one, and and that one takes aim at some big media companies, Fox News, uh, I think MSNBC, CNN, uh, The Washington Post, a bunch of individual reporters, all for making that same mistake, calling his uh, criminal penalty a felony. Uh, so so this is winding its way through the court system. And it's, I mean, just given who the players are uh, and the circumstances, it's, it's really soap operatic and fascinating. Uh, on the Donald Trump Jr. side, you know, they say, well, you know, look, so maybe there was uh, a lack of desire for Donald Trump, Donald Blanket, Don Blankenship to win this seat. But whether you call it a felony or a misdemeanor, they say uh, that's only a matter of degree and, and the basic elements of, uh, you know, Don Blankenship scandal were, were ready to be uh, targeted against him in this race anyway. 
is this not just the world? Sorry, Dave, did I mess you up? No, it's just, wow, it took a long and that's not your. I mean, Brad, it took a long way to get there. That's just all I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, is this not just the world that we live in now, though? Where I, I guess, I understand it more from looking at maybe suing a media group like Fox News or something, as opposed to an individual. Um, because if you're on Twitter, isn't it his right to say his opinion? I don't know. I, I get confused by some of the legalities of all of these types of things and how this is even a lawsuit right now. Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, usually one element, a couple of elements of a lawsuit like this would be intent. Did you mean to do it? Uh, and and on the Donald Trump Jr. side, he's saying, well, I, I, it was an honest mistake. I, I thought he thought he was a felon. Um, <laughs> but also... This whole thing's so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, the, the degree to which you're a public figure makes a difference here. And because Don Blankenship was, you know, a billionaire head of a coal company who then put himself in the public sphere as uh, as a candidate for U.S. Senate, uh, th- that would be an issue, too. And, you know, whether you're going to defame somebody in the public sphere is it, it, it's harder for that for a person who is a public figure uh, to win a defamation or a libel case than than it would be, uh, you know, the average person. Uh, took a long way to get there. It seems like this is going to have a long way to go. Hey, Brad, um, I know you've got a busy schedule. Can you hang with us through the break? Because I want to touch on uh, Sean Fluharty, the delegate from Ohio County. He's in the news for a couple of reasons here this morning. Let's do it. All right, so stick with me. Uh, we got a couple of minutes here. That I don't know that we got enough time to dive into dog racing. And, Sarah, there's a bill coming to West Virginia, apparently, in the legislative session in 2019, uh, similar to California's Fair Pay to Play Act. You don't want to be left behind here. FTDR? What FTDR? we got to make sure we can recruit college football players, he says facetiously. Uh, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255-304-TALK-304 is the text line. Um, Brad, I tell you what, we got two minutes here, Brad. Give me the Cliff Notes version of um, Delegate Flew Hardy and Dog Ray. Connect the dots here quickly, and then I got a couple of questions for you when we get on the other side of the news break. All right. So, uh, Sean Fluharty, delegate from Ohio County, the Wheeling area, which has dog racing. That's that's a major part of its track mm-hmm. there that generates serious money for the local economy. Uh, Sean Fluharty, the delegate, had a greyhound named after him, uh, Sean Fluharty the Greyhound, which raced a few times this summer until taking a tumble at a race in Arkansas, broke two bones, fortunately is on the mend, but the fact that this delegate who has been a champion of greyhound racing had a dog named after him and the dog was then injured uh, is going to be used against him in the court of public opinion this winter by those who oppose greyhound racing in West Virginia. I get this is uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Mitch Carmichael, though, has already come out and said, said that um, he's going to tout a bill in, again, it's hard to say, 2020 to end dog, at least the financial support of dog, dog hound, greyhound dog racing in West Virginia. So, all right, stick with me, Brad, as uh, my timing is off today. I apologize. <laughs> All right, we'll regather soon. We'll regather. We'll do the Metro News update. That's in about 30 seconds. And uh, uh, this fair play to play, that's hard to say as well. It's Monday. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Office space. Uh.
Uh, <laughs> somebody just laughed outside. Uh, it's 9.30. Why don't you say we go to the Metro's anchor desk, Sarah? I think You okay should. with that? I think we should. I, I think it's time. <laughs> it's well past time. It's 9.30. Let's get a news update for the Metro News anchor desk. Find out what's happening all across a rain-soaked West. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. You think I'm having a bad Monday? <laughs> I just got a press release from a public school system, not not in not in our listening area, but here in the state of West Virginia, and they misspelled the headline in the press release. Students leer, L-E-A-R, believe there should have been an N. In that headline. So you think I'm having a bad day? The, uh, you gotta always proofread, Sarah. Yes. That's always. why you have a rough draft. Yes. I'm sure you always got your rough draft turned in on time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> doubt it a bit. Uh, Brad McElhaney doesn't need a rough draft. His stuff is perfect the first time around. Uh, he continues with us here this morning, Metro News Statewide Correspondent. Right, Brad? No, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I'm probably making a mistake as we speak. All right, we were talking about Delegate Fluhardy, uh, the dog racing. The story goes, well, it's not a story. It's, it's what happened. A, a greyhound, which bears his name, uh, took a tumble during a race over the weekend, broke some bones. By the way, how's the dog? Yeah, that was one question that I had when I first heard this. And on the mend, that is the good news, and uh, potentially available for adoption, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> uh, the So when it happened, the greyhound, uh, Sean Fluharty, was taken to the vet on site and was, was checked out, uh, spent a day or two in an animal hospital nearby, uh, eventually went to an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, the dog had broken two bones uh, in, in his leg. And, and so the orthopedic surgeon performed surgery. Uh, and since then, there's been doggy rehabilitation. Uh, so what is expected is that Sean Fluharty, the greyhound, uh, will be available for adoption. And the greyhound industry will tell you that, that most greyhounds that retire or are injured uh, do wind up for adoption, 95% of them, they say. Uh, I mean, the, the ultimate outcome, uh, aside from Sarah's desire to adopt, the ultimate outcome would be if Sean Fluharty, the delegate, would adopt Sean Fluharty, the greyhound. Uh, that would be certainly the best outcome of the story. Uh, my fear when beginning to report it, I, I really didn't know, and I, I was worried that the, you know, the worst outcome had happened for the dog. But it's it's you know somewhere in the middle that the dog uh, got the the treatment that he needed and and appears to be on the mend, uh, finished with racing. So, Brad, with uh, Senate President Mitch Carmichael's uh, announcement, and that came, I mean, it seems like a while back now. Uh, that he's going to introduce this bill uh, coming up in 2020. Uh, do you have a sense yet if there is a, a push to go in the direction of uh, cutting off state funding for the Greyhound racing industry, or, or is it too early to tell? I mean, it is only October after all. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a feel for how the legislature might come down on it. Uh, two years ago, when we were in the middle of a budget battle. Uh, this was a part of that. You know, West Virginia was having trouble making ends meet and searching for every dime. And this was $14 million that was identified, uh, $14 million that 
has gone to support the greyhound racing industry uh, that was identified to shore up the budget. That doesn't appear to be the case right now, but the issue does appear to be coming back again this legislative session. Uh, so two years ago, both the House and the Senate uh, did vote to end that that financing of uh, the Greyhound uh, Breeders Fund and purses. Uh, it, it only was stopped because the governor vetoed the bill, went to Wheeling to do so. Um, but I, I because legislators have changed and the situation has changed uh, since then, the governor has changed parties. There's there's a lot that's kind of different, so it's really hard to say right now which way it might go. And Brad, finally, Sean Fluharty in the news also, and this I don't know that we've ever said this before on this program. West Virginia will be following California's lead on legislation. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. This is the issue with. Uh, Athletes and their likenesses being used. Uh, I think some people may think that it's it's just out and out paying college athletes, but this is if your image or likeness is used for marketing, where somebody else is making money off of it. Uh, the example that that Fluharty uses is Pat White when he was at the peak of his popularity. Uh, you know, name appearing on jerseys or or whatever. Uh, should that athlete have the right to receive some sort of compensation for the use of their image? And uh, Fluharty is is backing legislation that he says is uh, free market legislation that would entitle uh, athletes who are, whether they're uh, West Virginia athletes or Marshall or, or anyone else whose image is used to be compensated in some way. You know, I don't know where this goes, Brad, but I can tell you there is not a state in the union that wants to be the last one on some sort of legislation that is going to affect your college football right. recruiting. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. Good and point. So, I think what, PA, Pennsylvania has already got something in the works. I think Florida's already got something in the works, if I've followed closely correctly. So, so athletes that may stand to benefit from this might be paying a close paying close attention to states where it is legalized. Is mm -hmm. that what you're saying? Uh, I'm just saying, Brad. I'm just <laughs> saying. Hey, Brad, we appreciate it, buddy. Welcome back. Glad to have you back as always. Hey, thank you. I hope you make it to Tuesday. Uh, well, at, at the rate we're going, it's going to be <laughs> empty. Brad Backwiney, Metro State Work Correspondent. Thanks, Brad. Oh, jeez. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, tell you what, we'll open up the phones the rest of the way. Why not? This is your program, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255-304-TALK-304 is the text line. Uh, we're on the Twitter as well, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. 940, Talk of the Town. Dave and Sarah, back after this. <laughs> Now, back to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Uh, we're on the Twitter, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Uh, this text just came in in regards to our conversation from last week. A listener from Ravenswood, actually. Uh, where it says Ravenswood has a homelessness issue right now, Sarah, believe it or not. A uh, big problem. There's approximately 15 to 20 homeless living in our parks and along the river. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is only a community of about 62 to 6,300 people. Uh, but it's not a homeless problem. It is a drug problem. 
uh, says the texter. Yep, we got into that last week. And Morgantown City Council is scheduled to meet on Friday. Right, Friday will be the 11th. Is this yes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Friday morning. To at least have an internal public discussion. Um, public's not going to necessarily be involved here. But, you know, if we are looking... Should I set the soapbox in front of you, sir? Because if we are looking for... Uh, in Morgantown in particular, if you are looking for a community-wide solution, and that's, I think we all agree on that. Can, can, mm-hmm. Do you and I agree that we yes. agree on that? If you're looking for a community-wide solution, um, why is nobody but the city involved? Now, I know there are some things from a policy standpoint, from an ordinance standpoint, you can do as a city that only you can do as a city. I get that. But if we're talking about this being a community issue, and there are some areas around the city, by the way, which we know very well that aren't necessarily in the city, shouldn't you have the sheriff's department involved in this conversation? Shouldn't you? I, I mean, look, if we're going to have a community solution, then why is the larger community involved in this discussion here? I, I, I don't know the question is kind of rhetorical. But. No, just because to me it is such an absurd thought to not involve the community. When I and Dave, I mean, we've only been talking about this hard hitting talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Every conversation we have about it comes down to the fact that we need to get many people together working toward a solution that there needs to be extreme collaboration on this topic and that the right hand needs to know what the left hand's doing and we need to be working together because a lot of what's happening is that everybody has the best of intentions but everybody is working in these little silos and in some cases one effort which is a great effort is completely hurting another group's effort and then this is where we get into larger conversations about funding. And then this is where we get into larger conversations about duplication of services and the fact that we don't have enough resources or we or we have people that are taking advantage of resources because they can go to 10 different places. Once one says, hey, this isn't working, you need to stop with this behavior or we need to look at how we can do things differently. They just go to the next place that's offering the resource because there's 10 of them doing it. You have problems. To, I think... You have to look at it in two. You have two very different problems. You have the immediate problem and you have the long term solution. Yes. Immediate problem, you can take steps such as what Clarksburg has mm-hmm. done. Now, I'm interested to see what happens through the steps that Clarksburg has taken. Long term, if you're talking about really wanting to make a difference, really wanting the solution, and that was the big takeaway that I read in the reports. That was prepared by the former homelessness uh, task force on homelessness that Morgantown commissioned almost 10 years ago was without a central agency, without bringing all this into under one umbrella, none of the rest of this matters because it's not going to work anyway. Right. Which goes back to your point, which you made, I don't know, when did you start on this show? Two years ago. Yeah, something something like that. And which I'm sure was made prior to that and prior to that and prior to that. So, uh, you know. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Call me skeptical. You have to want to actually come up with a solution. Because, look, just like I said before, it's easy. It's easy. It's actually easy to talk about it. Because mm. we can all talk about, well, we want to help. We want to do this. 
We want to have a beautiful downtown. All that sounds good. And I'm also interested, and I don't know if it's measurable. We can ask, I suppose. Maybe anecdotally. With Clarksburg and Harrison County shutting down its needle handout program, needle exchange, however you want to term that, uh, the mayor of Clarksburg said it was more of a handout than an exchange. Does that affect Morgantown? Are they going to? Are people who are looking for needles going to come here because they can get them, or because there's an opportunity to get them? I can't say they can. There's an opportunity. Got to look at how. I mean, that that's an unintended consequence of there. We said jokingly, you know, where they're going if you. Bother the people who are trying to take advantage of the situation, troublemakers, enough, they'll leave. And we kind of laugh at where they're going to go, Morgantown. Well, we'll see. But that conversation comes up on uh, Friday. Coming up tonight, Governor Justice is going to be down at the uh, Waterfront Place, uh, the Morgantown Marriott at the Waterfront Place. I believe uh, it, you had to RSVP. Because there was dinner involved, which, mm-hmm. you know, hey, not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Roads, public education, the opioid crisis is uh, what he will be talking about tonight. I don't know that there will be a public comment portion. I would be – I will be interested. I believe Mike Nolting, WAJR reporter uh, extraordinaire, uh, RSVP'd for the uh, chicken court on blue, by the way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that last part. But I'll be interested to hear if there is a, a give and take because – are you all up here in this region satisfied with FTDR? Not from what I see a lot of. But again, my Facebook filter is now limited to uh, pictures of my nieces, nephews, dogs, and the occasional uh, car post gets through. <laughs> I filtered everything else out, Sarah. I can't even tag. I filtered out college sports fans now because I couldn't handle it. I just don't get on at all. Well, you know, I got to get on there because every once in a while, my nieces and nephews pop well, up on Facebook. Yeah. And let me tell you, yeah, uh, they're pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> got to tell you, Sarah, every once in a while, your kids pop up on Facebook. Did you know Rarely. that? Rarely. It's, it's not usually while. because I posted. No, it's always which somebody else. I get else. a lot of slack for, by the way. Boy. It's always somebody else because, yeah. you know, Arlen's like doing box squats at the gym or something. And yeah. Mackie's over there deadlifting. Somebody thinks it's cute. Because he can deadlift more than most of us. Right. He can't even stand up yet. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. By the way, is it 100 degrees in this it's room? It's so hot in here. Thank you. I'm Holy glad I'm not the only Moses. one. I didn't know if it was hormones. I am. <laughs> it is very hot over well, here. Well, I got up and I checked the weather this morning, and I went, oh, this is this is quarter-zip pullover kind of weather. Yeah, right. Because right? yes. you know I have 30 of these yes. things. And I'm a... I might have to strip down to my skivvies here. It is hot in here. Yep. I will not do that for your benefit, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but if I was doing this show solo and the cameras weren't on. Right. It's 9.52. We have no <laughs> idea where this is about to go. We'll wrap it up after this. We're talking about your town on WAJR. Eight hundred seven six five talk. Eight hundred seven six five eight two five five. Let's try to help out Shirley. Hey Shirley. Hi. What's going my on? Husband, well, my husband was helping pass out candy at the parade Friday night, and 
When he got home, he discovered that he had passed out a gold ring. It's 10 karat gold. The top is kind of square. It has black enamel and then dead in gold oh. on the top. And it came off while he was passing out candy in the WVU homecoming parade. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Shirley. We'll put the word out, and if somebody accidentally got a ring with their uh, candy or uh, somebody's picked that up and seen it, we'll. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you back on hold so you can uh, give our producer your number off the air, and uh, okay. we'll put the word out. And if we happen to hear from somebody, we'll try to let you know, okay? Okay. Thank you. It would mean a lot to him. All right. Well, thank you very much, Shirley. I'm going to put you thank back you. on hold and uh, so you can talk to producer Joe. All right. So if you uh, – did you get that description, Sarah? I did. If you uh, happen to come across that ring or maybe yeah. you accidentally got it, it's in your kid's uh, candy jar – Candy bag? Kids don't take candy bags to parades. Mm. Uh, let us know. Uh, you can reach out to us here at the station. Uh, tell you what, call us at 296-0029. That's the business line. And uh, we will uh, contact Shirley. Ah, this reminds me of the old trading post. You know, it was the first show yeah. I hosted on this station, on uh, WAJR in really? Morgantown was the trading station. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and that, that was out of necessity, too. We were in a, we were in a bind. Mm. But you'd always have people call in. They'd leave their phone number and, you know... People would call after the show. You know, I hey, so you still selling that? One guy called in. He was my favorite caller. I think his name was Dan, and he had the weirdest stuff. He, <laughs> he must have been some sort of like collector. And uh, believe it or not, he actually sold a mounted rattlesnake, a stuffed rattlesnake. And he sold it. Somebody yeah, bought it. Yeah, somebody got it. Yeah. He was always willing to trade as well. One of my favorite callers. Oh, <sighs> fun. It's a fun show on Saturday. Yeah, there you go. Amazon ruined everything. Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hoppy's next. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Dave and Sarah. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.